This is The Playbook. Who is in this extraordinary building with us today? David Meltzer, what's going on, my man? Yes. I am so excited to be with you guys in my house. They say, whose house? That's right, it's Meltzer's house. (laughs) On the off off days, it's Meltzer's house. Game days, Ram's house. This is amazing. This is beautiful. I mean, we pulled up here. We haven't been here before. Yeah. Unreal. Um, We're just wondering how you got your studio in here. How are you doing podcasts out of here? How did that work out? This is my office. And so uh, being kind to my future self has always worked for me. And when I have good times, it really works for me. And in bad times, I need it to work for me. And it has been the story of my life that my mom taught me to be kind. Be kind, not right. Be kind, be humble. And I will tell you, as much as it meant to me, people helping me when I was in down times, both at the start and in the middle of my life, uh, it certainly pays off when things are going well. So uh, I've always been kind and I got offered as the anchor tenant a 10-year lease in SoFi before they even had the model done. And having gratitude of the future, which I call faith, that everything would work itself out. And it wasn't sure thing, especially during COVID. My wife wanted our money back. (laughs) True. Of course. Uh, These are what, you know, first, I never, never, ever, even though I grew up with nothing, I've never limited myself uh, image, right? I knew I could never overachieve my self image. So I always think big. And then when I think big, I think bigger. Of and course. I still question whether it's big enough. Yeah, and so this is living proof. Um, we have all of this here, studios, training centers, different areas to do content. Amazing. Um, and so it's a blessing, but I did a timing and risk tolerance analysis. But the only reason I was offered it is because I was kind to the legends people. They thought of me first yeah. uh, as an anchor tenant and uh, never made a better business decision in my life. So it went pretty much full circle for you because you started in sports as well. Correct. Right? Let's full talk circle. about that a little bit because I want to give some context to our, to our audience as well as how you started and how you got here now because this is big. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I actually started in technology okay. out of law school, and that's why I got hired into sports is because Lee Steinberg, most notable sports agent in the world. They made the movie Jerry Maguire about him. And 48 hours after meeting me, said, you have to be my CEO. And not because I'm a lawyer, which I am, not because of my sports background, which I had some, but it was more about my technology background. I had made my first million dollars nine months in technology and the internet in 1992. My first exit with West Publishing to Thomson Reuters up there in UK and Canada. Yep. 3.4 3.4 billion, went to the Silicon Valley, worked in the middleware space, transcoding the internet onto WAP phones. Then I became CEO of Samsung and uh, actually had an office in Vancouver on Georgia Street. Wow. And all of that accumulated and aggregated to an opportunity with Lee Steinberg. That's what set my sports career on fire. Met Warren Moon, another great Canadian yep. athlete. Yep. Most people may not know that. One of the greatest, Gretzky and Moon, two greatest to me Canadian Ooh. superstars. Uh, and more importantly, we started a global sports marketing company that led me to meet Gary Vaynerchuk Shout six out years Gary ago. Yes, the Shout out Gary V for taking a middle-aged mutant turtle and teaching me. <laughs> I taught him the sports business, yeah. AJ and him, how to start a sports agency. But uh, shout out to Gary V because he's the one that inspired me to build a platform utilizing social media on my mission to empower people to make a lot of money help a lot of people, and have a lot of fun. And if I was going to rename the podcast, I would say, 
Money doesn't buy love or happiness, Come on. but it allows you to shop. And if you shop for the right things for the right reasons, you'll be really happy. So actually, money can buy happiness if you buy the right things for the right reasons. He already answered it. That's usually our last question. But <laughs> that might be it. That might I be screwed longest. up your interview. We're gonna, no, we're no, damn it. Again. That might be the longest podcast name of all time. But, <laughs> but if you recommended it, we're changing it, boys. Uh, it, it's complete. It. So, so you can have a subtitle. Done. Yeah, of course. So and I'll answer it again at the end. Of course. Okay. Like nobody's listening. Done deal. So how long were you? in sports where and then like how long were you there four or five years and then when did you decide to move on from sports oh a lot longer so yeah longer. Okay. so i went into sports uh starting in 2007 okay okay how uh, old were you oh thanks a lot that was 39 <laughs> 39 okay yeah so at 39 and then literally in sports till 2000 until the till the december before covid okay. okay what happened to the sports side of it is uh my brand started getting really big. The podcast yeah. got big, the TV shows, speaking. And so I was grooming a new CEO of Sports One Marketing to run the company. And I brought him in in January, right before COVID. And I finally, Warren had already kind of semi-retired. Okay. He's in his 60s. He looks younger than me, but no, ladies and gentlemen, he's 11 years older than me. <laughs> okay. Looks 11 years younger. Yeah. But, he, you know, he's... Mid-60s, he didn't need the daily grind like I loved it. Of course. So I had the CEO in there, and then March comes, March 17th, and they closed down the NBA. Yeah. And my experience said, oh, shit, I got a business based on the Super Bowl, Pro Bowl, Masters, Kentucky Derby, Breeders' Cup, ESPYs, Emmys, Oscars, Grammy, just to name a few. I got deposits out. I got all types of things for 2020, you know, planned, yeah. Yeah. and they're not going to happen. I okay. know it. And I got a lease here. Yes. And they're not going to let me in. They may not finish building it, right? Like <laughs> You had everything. that all before COVID. All but before I believe COVID. in daily practices, and I believe in doing today in a trajectory where I think I want to be tomorrow or better. So I immediately said, okay, I got all these employees, just like Jerry Maguire, who's coming with me? Mm. David Meltzer Enterprise uh, now became the primary focus, and there was no sports one marketing. And that closed down because Dave Meltzer Enterprises took off when we put all the employees behind it and I hired everyone and took the financial responsibility of it, we exploded, as you guys know, since of March 2020. Of course. And uh, it's been a great journey. I still think sports is a big, we still do things around the Super Bowl and yeah. Masters. We just don't primarily focus only on that because my mission is to teach people how to buy happiness. Mm, I like that. <laughs> I, like that. I, I want to ask Dave, uh, Dave Meltzer Enterprise, can you give our audience a little bit of context of what is involved in that? Yeah, four business units. One's all media. Okay. And so all media means uh, literally to have a business that captures content, modifies content, amplifies content, and perpetuates content, not just for me, but for some of the biggest names and the guys that I coach uh, around. So it yeah. could be anyone from you know Mike Tannenbaum to Master Shaw to Craig Siegel, Brian Bogert to you know, a variety of other great stars, of stars that we have. That's the media side. I have a huge executive coaching business. So I have a whole business unit about my trainings, about my books, my guides, my exercises. I do group office hours. Yeah. Over 8,000 people come and wow. register for my trainings every Friday. Done those for over 23 years. One-on-one wow. -on -one coaching and business advisory consulting. That's one business unit. And then... The TV shows became its own business. Okay. So I have a business unit where we have, you know, I'm an executive producer of Entrepreneur's Elevator Pitch. Wow. I develop shows. Martha Stewart and I both do this. 
uh, create shows for Apple TV on entrepreneurism. So the playbook, two minute drill, office hours, all on Apple TV. Wow. And then I'm getting hired right now, which is fun and unbelievable. But I always say, you know, if you want unbelievable, start with impossible. So this started with impossible. I get hired to host uh, TV shows. People love my interview style or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just did uh, Money Matters. I think it's gonna be on CNBC. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a cool show yeah. that I'm hosting and See, I'm like a celebrity. Yeah. I'd like to be a celebrant, not a celebrity. <laughs> but I'll tell you, if you could be like, uh, Jamie Foxx told me when Lee helped him get the role in Any Given Sunday, if you could be just you famous, where like one person a day yeah. is like screaming, oh my God, it's Dave Meltzer. <laughs> yeah. Can I get one person? And like when you go to a club, they're like, just you. <laughs> that's, the kind, <laughs> that's the kind of fun. Like, I don't want to be like the whole posse guy. Yeah, I want to yeah. be just you famous. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, I was going to ask you what you don't do, but clearly there's nothing you don't do. <laughs> I either, and the reason that it seems that way is I either do it within the context of my business or I built a community of people that want to help each other and know people who can help each other. So about 90% of the options, opportunities, and touches of favor that have come into my life and come into my life, we export out and build a whole nother channel for ourselves. Mm. So I'm constantly, I have what I call an overlap agreement with anyone that I meet. You guys will be in my overlap agreement. And the overlap agreement says, hey, let's memorialize, not a contract. I don't give a shit if I'm not gonna bind anybody. I'm not gonna hold you to it. If you just don't adhere to the memorialization, I probably won't use you that much. Mm. But I'm like, here, man, any business you refer to me, 20%. Yes. Gross, right? But what, what can I refer to you and how much do you wanna pay me? Not negotiating, right? It could be 1%, it could be 90%. You tell me, but I have a searchable database from dentists wow. to podcasts to like contractors, real estate, financial planners, insurance. Yeah. And if you do this over the years, when you're my age, talk about money buying happiness. Man, you're like everyone's hero. And I'm the community guy that everyone's like, hey, do you know someone that can do this? Or Dave, will you do this for me? The majority of things people ask me to do, I can't do. But now I have this huge community and I make commission off of it. Yeah, of and more people are trying to get me speaking engagement, coaching clients, advisory, media opportunities, sponsorship, anything else it's I genius. can get. It's genius. I, I want to I ask you because, I mean, you know, the classic saying, your network is your net worth. Clearly, like you're saying, dentist, podcast host, you name it. How do you focus on building that? For anyone listening, young entrepreneur, how can they start to focus on building their network same way you have? Very clear. And please email me if you want this because I've templated it for people. Beautiful. So here's a couple tricks. One, I only deal with open minds. There you mm. go. Right? So, and I give people three chances because I believe people have an open mind some of the time. Me, almost all the time. <laughs> some people, almost never. But I give them three chances because like, if your cat died, and I asked you to help me, mm -hmm. you're gonna say no. Yeah. <laughs> right, because yeah, I'm too bummed, right? Yeah. So I'm gonna go back a second time, and sometimes I'm 0 for 3, and on the third time I always say, hey man, obviously it's not the right time, but when it is, I, I'd love to do something with you. Yeah. Half of the time they never call me, which means they have a closed mind the majority of the time. Yeah. Yeah. And then half the time all I do is accelerate or allow myself to be the priority, and they're like, oh shit, I really wanna work with David, and I, they call me back. Yeah. And so it's really important to understand open minds first. You can find out if someone has an open mind by asking them questions with a smile on your face. <laughs> or you can make fun of them. Like I could make fun of you right now to see if you have an open do mind, it. Ernesto. Yeah, I can say, hey, man, did you buy that shirt on sale? <laughs> I did. 
I actually did, you though. Actually, yeah. Look how many open minds only way I could buy it. I had to wait till it was on sale. But you have an open mind, because if you, like, like F you, man, I'm like, okay, close mine. Yeah. Okay, so that's the first step, open mind. Two, you got to practice something nobody practices. And this wasn't true when I was young, but it's a particularly true today. And that's learn how to get people to get back to you. Because mm. okay. remember, you have access to 7.6 billion people now. Yeah. I did not when I was your age. So whether it's in person, on the phone, email, or social or traditional media, I'm always practicing. What can I say, do, think, feel, and believe to get people to get back to me? Give me more at-bats. Mm. Because if I can double the amount of people that get back to me, I'll double my sales without getting any better at sales. Yeah. And I'll end up getting better at sales because I get more at-bats than you. True. So I teach people, one, find open minds, two, get people back to you. Then I have an open-ended question template, and this is the simple magic. Like I said, email me, david at dmelzer.com if you want it. Here's how it goes. Let's say I'm a solar guy. Okay. Hey, do you know anything about solar? That's how I start. Yeah. Mm. Oh, what are you doing today? Oh, what do you like about what you're doing or what you know? What don't you like? Why? Because value is derived in only two ways. People complicate this so much. You can only provide value in two ways to someone. Number one, give them more of what they like. That's valuable. Yeah. Take away all or some of what they don't like. That's valuable. So in order to figure that out, you got to ask questions. What do you like and don't like pertaining to what you want to sell or help with or get help with? True. Then you can ask. When you know and get that information, you can say, hmm, so would it help you if? Yes. I did this to lower your, your electric rates. Or if I did this to get you more podcast guests. Or I did this to get you a family at your dentistry. Would it help you if? Yes. Then, mm. once you provide more of what they like, take away some of what they don't like, one or the other, I can ask the most famous question that most people still will come up to me and say, dude, you changed my life. I watched a video three years ago. You taught me one question. And I'm like, what's that? Do you know anyone that could help me? Interesting. Practice. Do you know anyone that can help me? Because most of the time, if someone can help you themselves, they're like, yeah, me. Yep. Yeah. And if not, you've opened the door what to say, I can't help you, but my boy can that buys the shirts on sale. Yeah. He can tell you where to get a shirt. <laughs> all day. <laughs> all day. All day. <laughs> so were you always- I get my clothes free. <laughs> were you always this open-minded? No. <laughs> Here's what's How'd the- you get here? Practice. Yeah. Okay. Everything's practice. How do you practice that? So asking Asking questions, yeah. right? Open minds, open questions, open hearts, open hands, open questions, asking for help, radical humility, all of these things. People ask me, how the hell did you lose over $100 million? How'd you go bankrupt? Yeah. How'd you go from 33 homes in San Diego to a rented house, rented furniture in one car with a pregnant wife and three daughters under the age of 10? Wow. Not asking for help, right? Having a closed mind. Yeah. A closed mind that I didn't need any help. Yeah. But here's one thing about a closed mind as a nuance as well. If you can find someone that has a closed mind and get to them the certain small time they have an open mind, it's the easiest sale in the world. Yeah. Because they don't have any options. They don't have any opportunities. Yeah. yeah. Right? Where someone like me, my biggest issue, and I've overcome it by having the systems of the overlap agreement, is I have so many options, opportunities, and touches of favor, it's hard to get me to prioritize your option opportunity so i create an overlap agreement that allows me to distribute it allow someone else to prioritize it well either internally at my company or externally in my community okay i, I, I want to understand because you first of all you said lost over a hundred million over yeah okay insane I, like our audience again a lot of young entrepreneurs you know who tend to 
freak out at one small loss. Who knows, $1,000, $5,000, $10,000. I want to talk about your biggest loss all at once and how you got past that. So my biggest loss was I bought a condo conversion from a neighbor. Okay. And I sunk all my cash, liquid cash, into the lawsuit while I was managing all of my properties Mm -hmm. and my business investments. At the time, I had a $40 million line of credit at a private bank. I had been a a member of that bank for over 10 years. Anytime I walked into that bank, I was God. I was Midas. (laughs) They would lick the bottom of my soles if I asked them to when I walked (laughs) into that bank. Overnight, in 2008, the bank was struggling. Remember that. I walked into the bank to facilitate servicing the loans that I had on these extraordinary properties I bought. Ski Mountain, which, by the way, is worth over $200 today. Mm. today a golf course by the way that was the eighth best new golf course only designed course by sam sneed and i walked into the bank and the person that i had been dealing with for 10 years wasn't there and i knew i was in trouble when some dude i never met came out and said now what's your name again oh wow you're done i was like whoa (laughs) and then i said well yeah i just need a five million dollar draw on my 40 million dollar line i'm mr Meltzer. i've been with the bank for 10 years actually help bring in the initial investments for your bank Oh, nobody called you. You know, Steve doesn't work here anymore, and we've reduced your line because the bank has to mitigate their risk, and we have a lot in the community here, and we're not to the ratio of credit to (laughs) risk. So we've reduced your line to a million. Now, you can be as successful your entire life that you want to be, but if you can't service debt, even on great investments, and you're in the midst of a lawsuit, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're in a whole bunch of mess. <laughs> okay. And I still didn't ask for help. Here's the funniest thing is, number one, I wouldn't have been in the situation I got in if I didn't ask a mentor who had been there before for help that already knew these types of things because they'd been there before. But more importantly, when the shit hit the fan, my ego was still involved. Yes. So I was too afraid to ask anyone for help because I'll pull it off. Mm. Yeah. I pulled it off all right. I almost lost my life and my wife and everything I owned. Uh, until my wife, you know, told me, dude, you got to take stock in who you were and what you want to become, because this isn't about money for you. You always have made money. Nine months out of law school, you didn't know anyone, you didn't know anything, and you made a million bucks. This is about your values, and I need, she's going to leave me, because she was afraid I'd end up dead. It wasn't about the money. Wow. And so I took stock into gratitude and forgiveness and accountability and inspiration, I had faith. I call faith gratitude of the future. Yeah. Mm. I had gratitude of the future instead of just gratitude for the past. Yeah. And once I shifted my paradigm, didn't take long where I came back. And today, here I am 15 years later after 2008, making more money than ever, helping more people than ever, and certainly having more fun. But yeah. you had to leave your ego behind. I, ha- I had to learn to utilize fear. Okay. See, ego, you, if I could give egoectomies, I could, right? <laughs> but I don't leave it behind. I identify what I'm afraid of. I then identify what ego-based consciousness I'm prescribing to the fear of the past or fear of the future. That's all there is. Yeah. Fear of the past, resentment and guilt, fear of the future, anxiety and worry. And then I see, do I have a need to be superior? Do I need to be separate, inferior? Do I have a need to be right? Do I have a need to be offended? angry, anxious, frustrated, worried. All of these things are ego-based consciousness that not only interfere with how happy, healthy, wealthy, and worthy you are, but they actually accelerate you in the wrong direction. 
mm. creating greater void shortages and obstacles for you when if you learn to identify what not only you're afraid of, but what ego-based consciousness you're prescribing to it, it allows you to stop, breathe, remember, remind, and recollect that you're part and parcel of an omniscient, all-powerful source, a unified, abundant, infinite system of thought. And instead of thinking, I gotta go get more, I gotta resist this, go over it, under it, through it, around it, lie to it, manipulate it, or cheat it, not me, man. I remember, remind, and recollect what it is I'm here for in the trajectory of what I think I want, who can help me and who I can help, and then I know how to get it done effectively, efficiency, with statistical success, prioritizing what's important to me, and instead of searching for my why, I'm applying it. Yeah, but how, how, did, how long was that time period of you in that dark place? And, and what, what really changed? I know you're talking about you got into more wellness, you got into better habits, you talk about habits yeah. all the time. So. How did that change, maybe in more detail, especially with habits, because there's a yeah. lot of people that are watching this that want to change their habits for the better. So I, first of all, I had to understand habits. Mm. So behavior is an energy, just like money. Yes. Yep. Yep. And so I studied energy because I wanted to know the characteristics of energy. Okay. And the characteristics of energy that I found are three things. Energy aggregates on itself. It attracts more of like energy. Yep. It gives me exponentiality of outcomes. So instead of if I consistently put forth the same energy, the same behavior, that it doesn't every week one plus one the second week plus one, it's one, two, four, eight, 16. Yes. And then the third is it accelerates. So it happens faster, which allows me to be more aware of the progress I'm making. You see, the problem that I found with behavior, even with me, is that when I had good behavior, I expected instant results. So if I did good behavior and I didn't see a result, I would quit or change directions. True. Worse for me, because I got a lot of fast results, so I had some feedback at least, like money, yeah, that I was okay. doing the right thing. Yeah. My problem was the worst one, which is the bad behaviors, surrounding myself with bleeders, drugs, alcohol, partying, strip clubs, all the things, the behaviors that are not aligned with the trajectory of where I wanted to be or the values I had of gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, and inspiration. So what happens with bad behaviors? Same thing, aggregates, exponentially compounds its outcomes and accelerates. The difference is when you do bad things, you don't expect bad results. But see, good, be good behavior and bad behavior have the same instant result progress in the direction in which the behavior is rendered. Good behavior creates good progress, bad behavior creates bad progress. <laughs> Remember, it's exponential. Yes. So this is what happens in bad behavior. And this, I see it at 55 more than ever. I have friends that have been smoking, drinking, doing drugs for 30 years now. Yeah. And I see them. Dude, look at me, man. No effect at all. I'm you know, skinnier than you, I'm this, got more hair than you, I feel better <laughs> than you. And I know they've had bad behaviors aggregating. So at that time, they're only 50% of the way to cancer. Yeah. But mm. when you're 50% of the way, you're only one more flip yes. to 100. See, when you're 25, the year before, yeah. you feel like, shit, I am invincible. Yeah. I've been doing this 29 years. And look, I still got 75 more percent to fuck up my life. <laughs> then it doubles to 50 and you still think you're invincible. Oh man, I've been doing this for 30 years. I got another 30 years till I'm effed up. No, you got one more year till it doubles to 100% of the way and they find cancer or you're broke or you, know, you die. Like one of my friends, 
you know, he didn't wake up. Two weeks after he told me, I'm healthier than you. Wow. wow. So was that, was that a lot of it for you too, changing the people that you were around? Big, big deal. I have a sign. Show me your friends. I'll show you your future. Love yeah. that. I surrounded myself with the wrong people and the wrong ideas. I had to fire people from my life. And this is a new, uh, not many people have heard this before because I came up with this. I always talk about the great chain of feeding, yeah. right? Feed those that feed you. But there's a new nuance to that that I want people to think about. I am very subjective about my chain of feeding by the relativity of the relationship. So my mom, who's 80, bleeds me. You guys, your moms may bleed you too. Yes. But the relative, I lie in front of a bus for my mom and give her my life. Oh, so I don't care. Yeah. yeah. She gets still the same amount of attention. I'm not firing my mom from my life. I'm not letting her fall away. She can bleed away. Yeah. But I used to let people that weren't relative to me, like my mom, that wouldn't lie in front of me in, in a bus for me, like my mom has her whole life, putting me first, all the things she's given me. And I give them the same exact relativity, and I'd let them bleed me. Mm. And they were like elementary school friends that I was still trying to impress, yeah. buying things I don't need to impress people I don't like. Yeah. And I, I don't know why, I was 50 years old going, look at this dude, like I, I, he made me feel bad, he still thinks I'm not successful. What he thinks of me is none of my business, I don't care, I will fire that fucker from my life. Excuse my language. <laughs> That's how you gotta do it. I, I, I wanna ask you like, Obviously, ton of successful businesses, ton of losses, all these things. And the way you speak, it's like fucking magical. I want to know, do you have anybody, do you, like, are you big on mentors? Are you big on coaches for yourself? Always. Yeah? I've had a sleep coach because it's a third of my life. And I think it's the easiest way I can Genius, create separation. Yeah. fucking amazing. So I have a sleep coach because the easiest way to create, you know, advantages in my life is, look, there's tons of baseball players. So if I had someone coaching me in baseball, what's that going to do for me? Yeah. There's tons of baseball coaches, tons of baseball players. How many people you know that has a sleep coach for 17 years? I'm, you're the first exactly. one. Exactly. Yeah. I'm maximizing my eight hours, <laughs> a third of my life. And that's why I have so much energy is for recovery and access. I have this extraordinary sleep coach, but I have all times a minimum of three coaches. And the way I pick my mentor coaches and teachers. Teachers are people that can explain things. They're more short time people. I can look at YouTube. Someone can teach me something. Okay. Yeah. Uh, coach, I have someone that's going to bring the best out of me, like a Tim Story, a yep. Saad Guru. Yep. Like these guys are bringing the best out of me. And then mentors are someone who sits in a situation that I want to be in. So I have a real estate mentor right now because there's some really historically repetitive things going on in real estate that if I have someone that's been in real estate for 45 years successfully, yeah. they can tell me what it means when there's very little supply but interest rates are high and with short-term rentals and ADUs and other things, yeah. they can just tell me what to do. True. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That, that's a good mentor to have. Yeah. So I'm always varying the teachers I have and the mentors I have. And then coaches, I, I don't switch out as much because they're people who bring the best out of me. So the more they know me and the longer they work with me. So I have a sleep coach. Amazing. Someone that's bringing the best out of me when I sleep to recover and access. But I, feel I, need, like, the, I, I need his number, by the way. Her. Sleep coach. Her. Okay. She's the MLB okay. sleep coach. Amazing. I, I, I want to ask you, because again, I think people are very, I don't know what it is. People seem to be very reluctant to get 
coaches. Especially athletes, or, which is kills me. I'm an entrepreneur coach for athletes yeah. when they're retiring or retired. Yeah. And it's so funny when they're resisted. Like, I don't even know coach. I'm like, oh, so you're a Hall of Famer and had a coach since you were five years old. You're now 45 years old in the Hall of Fame and you're going to start doing business. I'm a, a, a Hall of Fame business person. Mm. I've lost over $100 million. I know lessons that you will never know and you don't need a coach anymore? Yeah. But, but why do you think they're so reluctant? Why do you think people are so reluctant to get coaches? Humility, it, it, man. It's an ego mm. thing too sometimes, right? It's humility and fear. They, they, everyone has sucked their ass for so long <laughs> that they're afraid to say, I don't know. True, yeah, true. Like, I was that way. I thought because I was good at sales that I knew everything about business and everything about life. Yeah. yeah. That's bullshit. Yeah. True. Like, one thing I love about Gary, when I first met him, like, I have, I'm well-read. You know, I study every day, yeah. right? I, I've studied Course in Miracles, the Bhagavad Gita. I literally have read any great Covey book, Napoleon Hill, Wayne Dyer. I'm well read. So I started talking about frequency and vibration to Gary. And he said, oh, I don't know anything about that. Wow. And I'm like, I love you, man. Like <laughs> your humility. He's all, but I, I can get someone that does. Uh -huh. You know, that's what I'm looking for. And that's what you don't see a lot of times athlete, celebrity, billionaire, millionaire, entertainers. They just don't have the radical humility. Just because you're the world's greatest singer doesn't mean you know anything about anything else. In fact, like the world's greatest doctors are horrible business people. Why? Because they're the world's greatest doctors. Mm -hmm. That's all they've done. Yeah. Right? Michael Phelps, world's greatest Olympic athlete ever and swimmer. Do you think he, in what world does he know more about business than I do? Yeah, true. I don't know shit about swimming, and I wouldn't say that I did, but somehow nobody would care if I told you that. True. <laughs> Fair. What would you say to, let's say, young entrepreneurs out there that maybe don't have access to these coaches bullshit. that are looking for advice? Is it bullshit? Is it bullshit? It's bullshit. Look, I teach people the easiest and fastest way to change your life. The best piece of advice I would give my 18-year-old self, yeah. ask for help. Yeah. See, we still live in a zero-sum game when we're young. We think there's winners and losers. Everything's a trade and negotiation and a comparison and a competition. It's not. The best thing you can do is go to the highest level you can as a young person and ask for help under the context of value add that you're just not aware because you can't be where I am, how much value it adds to my life when a young person gives me the honor, the respect of saying, hey man, I really appreciate what you know and what you're doing can you teach me yeah can you bring the best out of me yeah. can you show me directions to where you are that's why i have such a big intern program mm -hmm. true but they wouldn't have internships without asking for help and what's the worst thing someone could say uh sorry i don't have time yeah like the greatest people the highest level people the spirits of excellence they're never going to say no yeah they may say hey i don't have enough time and then you can say what but do you know anyone that can help me there you go. Mm. And they have surrounded themselves with way more people that can help you than you know. And they're just leading you to the next open door to allow you to accelerate aggregate and get exponentiality of outcomes in your life. I, I, I want to I ask you a little bit on the topic of your business and your current business, what you're really focusing on. 
it's very clear the personal brand, the podcast, more of the media side. That's been a big, big focus for you. I want to ask you why, because we've been noticing other very successful, hyper successful men, guys like Patrick, Matt, David, yeah, Gary my friends, who, yeah, <laughs> my there lad, you go, Bill, you, who are yeah. all, all my kind boys. of doing that. Belfort, yeah, they're they're, they're <laughs> all really focusing on almost this this media aspect of the business now. It's kind of become. I want to say the new thing in a way. It's the forefront for a lot for of sure. them. Yeah. So, so they're smart. Let me tell you why. Yeah, please. Shakespeare gave us the key. Shakespeare said the whole world's your stage. You see, all of these guys, Patrick, me, Tom, you know, Gary, we know that it's never been ever as easy and as, le and as inexpensive to build your own community as a person. Yeah. So for the first time in our life, I don't have to be Sports One Marketing and if all the events close, I'm out of business. Mm -hmm. They can't close down Dave Meltzer, <laughs> right? Yes. They can't close down my community. Yeah. So if things change and my community needs toilet paper, I'll go get them toilet paper. Yes. Or use my book as toilet paper, whatever they need. <laughs> but think about it. Yeah, it has never right. been easier. Yeah. So what do we do? We think about Shakespeare. Whole world is my stage. Therefore, I want to capture my essence, my skills, my knowledge, in my desire, which already is unique because I'm a successful businessman, so are those guys. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then I want to get people to help me modify my essence to all the different platforms that I don't know how to modify to. Yep. Then I use my relationship capital in order to amplify it with all the other dudes that I know that have big communities. Yep. Then the killer one that I do that a lot of these guys don't is I understand perpetual nature of content. I call it the rabbit hole, is that I know that if I capture, modify, and amplify my essence, that I'll stimulate interest for someone to learn more. So the more information that I have perpetually reposited on all the platforms, the more people go like, I didn't know who you are, but I saw your Instagram, and I looked at your LinkedIn, and I went to YouTube, and yep. I wanted your book, and I have so much out there. Now, the tricks to that I'm gonna give you kids, because you'll thank me when you're my age. One. <laughs> Transcribe everything you do, audio and video. Okay. There's AI now that does it for two bucks a month. <laughs> everything you do. Two, have burner accounts on every single platform. Have landing pages that have so, such a long domain, no, nobody will ever find it, and it'll cost you a dollar to get. Okay, Instagram, same thing. Just shit that nobody will ever find or use. And post all of your video and audio content with the words up there. Mm -hmm. okay. And the reason is, it's, it's the perpetual strategy that I have. It's not for the rabbit hole, like you're published and promoted and paid for content. It's because of AI. Right now, because I have so much published, paid for, and promoted content, and I have the burner account content, yep. this is what I'm able to do that nobody else can do as well. I can have every one of my employees take an email and say, rewrite this email as if I'm David Meltzer, speaker, author, entrepreneur. I'm David Meltzer, legendary sports ex executive. Uh, I'm Dave Meltzer, philanthropist. Yeah. Because I have so much synthesized data yeah. that it actually can take on it, it synthesizes all my be interested, not interesting, you know, be kind to your future self, and all the other, you know, three no rules of the world that yeah. I, I don't even remember all the shit that I've created. <laughs> and, but yet, I can write a book. What used to take me six months to get my book to a certain place, not to say that I'm not going to be involved after, but I can say today, right now, hey, write me a book about why money buys love and happiness. I want 10 chapters, 350 pages, 
into the edited format of the Library of Congress. I want chapter one to be about surround yourself with the right people. Uh, use this lesson in these types of stories. I want chapter two to be around yourself with the right podcast. I want you to use this lesson in these podcasts and these stories as if I'm David Meltzer, speaker, author, entrepreneur. And instead of six months, I have a better product in six seconds. But you guys can't do that because you don't have enough content. It's true. Yeah, no, we, we clearly so don't. build the content first. Then you can so do anything community you want. and content, yeah. that's why you see Patrick and me and Tom and Ed and all the other greats up there, Belfort. And when I say greats, the reason they're great is they're all essence guys. Mm -hmm. When you see Patrick bet David, he has a different essence, a different skills, knowledge, and desire than David Meltzer. Yep. I'm different than Ed, Ed's different than Tom, Tom different than Gary, Gary's different than Lewis, Lewis is different. We're all, but we all are true or close to true to ourselves. We're not standing in front of bullshit planes we don't own, right? <laughs> in front of released houses that we don't own. We're all vulnerable and saying, hey, everyone out there, right? Here's the mistakes that I've made, and I'm still on top of the effing world. I just learn from my mistakes. I live with gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, and effective communication. And I know those four. They say them differently. But if you think of Gary Vee, he's about gratitude, empathy, accountability, and, and inspiration. Lewis, Tom, all those same guys. And we have different things we believe in, yeah. but we all have, in some way, form, et cetera, the same exact values. How big is your team right now? So I built my team so that in six years when my son goes to college, I got four kids, nice. 24, 21, and 19 girls, 13-year-old son. Nice. When he goes to college, uh, right now I have four executives, four business units, seven people under each of those executives. Each of those always have at least one mentee or intern, at least one. And so my goal is when my son goes to college that these four are elevated to do what I do these seven here flip this way. So now I'm at 28 here. Yep. Each of those 28 have seven. Each of all of those people, like it's 166, yep. I think. Each of the 166 have 166 mentees or more. And if I do that, I will be at, mathematically, I know, I will be over $100 million a year EBITDA. Oof. Not gross. Easy. Oof. Just by scaling. Yeah what I do today. How many years are you planning? Six. Six. And I want to ask you, in terms of these people that you've put in certain places already, how do you hire? Everyone seems to have a different sort of way of hiring. By values. So yeah. I, I qualify by skills and knowledge, and then I hire for gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, and inspiration. Yeah. So I ask questions about that, and then I run them through a 90-day internship okay. to assess the skills and knowledge, but also their desire, their values, then they get a paid internship, which can last, if they're in school, up till when they graduate or another 90 days. And then if I'm completely satisfied that they're aligned with the values and have the skills and knowledge, then they get paid a lot. True. Yeah, there you go. How do you keep your high-level high executives happy and wanting to stay with you? Because that's a difficult thing. To, in Five incentives yeah. that are monthly. Okay. And so not only do they buy into the values, yep the daily practices, but they have five incentives. So they share in a percentage of the net profit every month. So if net wow. profit is 10 million this month, they will share, let's say in 10% of it. Wow. How do they share in it? So they get grades for these five things, just like college. Okay. So the first one is engagement and availability. So I give them an A, B, C, D, or F 
for a combination of engagement and availability. Okay. A lot of people don't combine those. I have some employees that are super engaged, but they're, because they're super engaged, they're high performers, they're not very available because I have unlimited PTO. Go wherever the hell you want. Just tell me when you're not available. True. And then I have some employees that are just really available, <laughs> but yeah. not that engaged. Yeah. Okay. Right? Fair. So I give them a grade. Then I do student of the calendar. In other words, how are you using your time to be productive, accessible, and gracious with your time? Activity you have planned, unplanned sleep. Activity you get paid for and unpaid for. You get a grade for that. Asking for help. You get a grade for that. Lying to yourself. I call it lying to yourself. You cannot lie to yourself and not lie to others. But you also can't lie to others unless you're lying to themselves. True. I also know if I catch you lying, that there's 10 other lies I didn't catch you in. Mm -hmm. ah. Guaranteed. So your grade's going to be tight on that one. So uh, and then the, the last one is just sales. Okay. Everyone in my company should be at least inviting people into our funnel, into our community. Yeah. So those are the five criteria. If you have a 3.5 or above, you get 5% of that 10%. Okay. If you have a 3.0 to 3.5, you get 3%. If you have a 2.5 to 3.0, you get 2%. If you're below 2.5, goose Zero. egg. Goose egg, baby. Yeah. Have you ever experienced executives not being in, like, incentivized by money, not wanting to be incentivized by money? Maybe they want equity. Maybe they want something else. Yeah. How so, do you deal with that? So equity, they, they get to an equity level. So you always start at a, a learning level. Then you get into what I call uh, an execute uh, level where okay. they're executing and then they get to an equity level. Okay. So two of my four executives right now are at an equity level. They get a four-year plan, 10% earned out the first year, 30% the second, 30% the third, and 30% the fourth. Wow. So wow. kind of gives them a little golden handcuffs yeah. Yeah. and doesn't let them just go, you know what, I'm just going to take the equity and run, For sure. et cetera. But I will tell you that because going through the process of unpaid workshop it's only 10 hours of teaching values. That's my internship. Okay. So it's more like a class. Then paid internship to paid employee. By the time you're there, you see the life difference. See, this is what nobody gets. That's why all of those people you met have been with me, executives over 10 years, because they know their life is so much better. Their family's better. They, like, they, they know their values yeah. and they're happy. They make more money, help more people and have more fun. Why would they leave? True. You're giving them an opportunity that probably is not many companies in the country, maybe in the world, that offer that same. I will put it up there anyway. I tell my people all the time, if there's a better place for you, let me help you get there. Yeah. Mm. I'll find someone else. Yeah. Of course. We got oh, one more question for yeah. you before we let you go. I know time, time's up here. so. Thank you, guys. Yeah, listen, I mean, first of all, I want to say thank you so much for inviting us to your house. Thank I you. I want to say SoFi is the house that... Dave Meltzer built. <laughs> I'm gonna Kronky put that out get there. We gotta do another check. episode. We gotta do <laughs> exactly. another episode. Absolutely no. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. And before we let you go, we have a famous question. We are the MBH podcast. Money buys happiness. So I want to know if Dave Meltzer believes money buys happiness. I think it does if you buy the right things for the right reasons. And I learned that lesson. It cost me a hundred million dollars of investment. That's the way I perceive it. <laughs> yeah. Because I lived until I was 38 years old. The answer to that question would have been absolutely money will buy you whatever you want love happiness respect you name it money could buy it and i was wrong but money does buy happiness if you buy the right things for the right reasons don't buy things you don't need to impress people you don't like i'm gonna share this quick story because it's aligned with you guys i coached this kid and he came to me and said mr Meltzer, i know you have a wait list i need your one-on-one -on -one coaching and I'm borrowing my last $3,000 to pay you. 
And I was really nervous about it, but I guarantee quantitative value when I coach someone. So I said, no problem, brother. I'll do it for you. And he was an inner city kid, but he had this desire. I could feel what he had a desire that he must be what he can be. Year later, he's a millionaire and he bought a Lambo. I was so pissed. <laughs> I was like, oh man, I go, Tay, I go, I, I don't think we can work together anymore. I've wasted my year with you. He's like, what are you talking about? I make millions of dollars. You didn't waste your year with me. I'm like, I know, but you're not buying the right things for the right reasons. And that's exactly what I've been, t excuse me, Mr. Melter, what? I said, you didn't listen to me. You're not buying the right things for the right reasons. He said, actually, I'm gonna teach you something. He said, I did buy the right thing for the right reasons. I said, oh, really? Then why'd you buy that Lambo? He said, Mr. Meltzer, where I'm from, I'm from the inner city. And when I drive that Lambo in my neighborhood, kids come up to me and they're like, man, are you an athlete? Are you a mu musician? Are you a drug dealer? Are you a crypto guy? How'd you make that much money to buy that car? And I tell them, sir, I read books and I teach people. Wow. Mm. I said, you get a year free coaching. Wow. <laughs> Just like that. You're the master. I'm sorry for my judgment, which is based on an opinion based off of ignorance and doubt. Mm. And I should never do that. You get a year of free training. I know you can afford my training. And you know what he said to me? I'm going to donate what I would have paid for your coaching to have one of these young kids coach for you. I'm still going to pay. Wow. That's beautiful. So he was right. He was right. And one he of the best right. kids I've ever coached, still a multimillionaire, wow. buying the right things for the right reasons. And guess what? He's buying happiness. Hell yeah. <laughs> there he goes. Shout out Tate. Tate, beautiful. I love that. David, thank Appreciate you so much. You, Absolute pleasure. Come back, you guys, anytime. I'll see you in Toronto as well. Yes. Go Blue Jays. <laughs> Let's go. And Raptors. See you there guys. We, go. we are out.